Hello everyone! October was an interesting and busy month for me. I started a new job, worked on my open-source vulnerabilities project and analyzed vulnerabilities using it, especially Linux vulnerabilities, as part of my new Linux Patch Wednesday project. And, of course, analyzed Microsoft Patch Tuesday as well. In addition, at the end of October, I was a guest lecturer at MIPT, Fistech University. But first things first. On October 3rd, I joined the Positive Technologies team. There I will work on developing vulnerability management practices. I have already worked at PT for six years, from June 2009 to October 2015, and now, exactly eight years later, I am here again. I feel very pleasant emotions about this and have many plans. I'm sure that in the PT team I will be able to implement many cool things for the development of vulnerability management in Russia and abroad. As for my open source vulnerabilities vulnerability prioritization project, I've made a few important updates. I corrected the NVD data source because NVD has become much less tolerant in the use of its API. After five consecutive requests, the API returns an error. A request forbidden by administrative rules. According to the documentation, the public rate limit without an API key is five requests in a rolling 30 seconds window. The rate limit with an API key is 50 requests in a rolling 30 seconds window. For Vulristics, I made support for authentication using the NVD API key and slips of 0.6 seconds when using the key and 6 seconds without using the key. To obtain an NVD API key, you need to specify your organization, organization type and email in the form. After a few seconds, you will receive a one-time link via email, which will give you the key. I also started using the NVD API version 2 in Vulristics, which allowed me to get CISA-CAF data on vulnerabilities being exploited in the wild. I also take links to exploits from NVD. However, be careful, these links are not always good enough. I added a custom data source to Vulristics. This is a small but quite useful improvement. Sometimes you know for sure that there is an exploit for a vulnerability or a sign of exploitation in the wild, but the sources that Vulristic supports do not contain this data. How to take into account such facts in a Vulristics report? Vulristics now has a custom data source. It doesn't make any requests to external sources. It simply reads JSON files from the data custom CV directory. You can add your JSON file for some CV to this directory and you can set the parameters in the file that you want to define for this CV. You don't have to set all the parameters. You can only set the ones you want. For example, only links to exploits. Of course, you do not have to do this manually. You can generate such files using a script based on the data you have. File example is available in the blog post. I launched my new project, Linux Patch Wednesday. For Microsoft products, we have a single day of increased attention, Microsoft Patch Tuesday. And for Linux, there is no such day. Everything is too fragmented there and patches are released literally every day. But what's stopping us from independently generating a list of CVEs fixed during the month and highlighting critical issues? Let's try. If Microsoft Patch Tuesday occurs every second Tuesday of the month, then Linux Patch Wednesday will occur every third Wednesday of the month. 
I analyzed the public oval content of five Linux distribution vendors and uploaded the resulting monthly Linux Page Wednesday bulletins to GitHub from March 2007 to November 2023. I invite you to check it out and if you like it, give it a star. And I analyzed first October Linux Patch Wednesday bulletin using vulgaristics. I'm pleased with the result. The top looks adequate and corresponds to what I highlighted in my Russian language Telegram channel Avilionofrus and blog Avilionof.ru. Memory corruption in Chromium CV 2023-52-17. This is a vulnerability in the libvpx library, which was the most critical in the October Microsoft Patch Tuesday. There is a poke on GitHub and signs of exploitation in the wild. Elevation of privilege in GNU C library CV 2023-49-11. This is Qualys Looney Tunables. There has been a poke for this vulnerability for a long time, but there are no signs of exploitation in the wild. Denial of service in Golang Go, CV 2023-29-409. There is a POC. Wolristics detected the software as TLC since there is no hint of Go in the description of the CV vulnerability. Denial of service in HTTP2 protocol, CV 2023-44-487, will also be in MSPT. Memory corruption in curl CV2023-38545. Not a very critical vulnerability, but pogs have appeared for it on GitHub. The rest of vulnerabilities are without exploits of science of exploitation in the wild. Full vulristics report is available in the blog post. I also released the vulristics report on October's Microsoft Patch Tuesday. What is in the top? Memory corruption in Microsoft Edge, CV2023-5217. This is a vulnerability in the libvpx library, which is used to play video in VP8 format. As in the recent uh, libvp case, this vulnerability affects many software products, but primarily web browsers. There is no public exploit yet, but there are signs of exploitation in the wild. Elevation of privilege in Skype for business, CV 2023-41763. In fact, this is an information disclosure vulnerability. An unauthenticated attacker may send a special request to a vulnerable Skype for Business server, and this will lead to the disclosure of confidential information. Such information may be used to gain access to internal networks. There are signs of exploitation in the wild, and there are no public exploits yet. Several remote code executions have also been released for Skype for Business. Information disclosure in Microsoft Word Part CV 2023-36-563. Exploiting this vulnerability could allow the disclosure of NTLM hashes. An attacker must send the user a malicious file and convince him to open it. Or, if an attacker has access to the host, he himself can run a special program on the host with the same result. This looks dangerous. There are signs of exploitation in the wild and there are no public exploits yet. Denial of service in HTTP2 protocol CV2023-44487. Microsoft has released fixes for IIS http.sys.netcastrel and Windows against the new affected DDoS attack. 
HTTP2 Rapid Reset. The problem is universal. Amazon Cloudflare and Google recently reported that they were attacked via HTTP2 Rapid Reset, so there are signs of exploitation in the wild. There were no more vulnerabilities in Patch Tuesday that showed signs of exploitations in the wild or had a public exploit. You can also pay attention to 20 Microsoft Message Queen vulnerabilities, including some RCEs, Remote Code Execution and Microsoft Exchange, CV2023-36778, Successful Exploitation requires that the attacker be on the same network as the Exchange server host and use valid credentials for an Exchange user in a PowerShell remoting session. It doesn't seem particularly critical, however, quote, exploitation more likely, end of quote. Elevation of privilege in Windows IIS Server CV2023-36434. This is achieved through simplified password brute force attack. A pack of elevation of privilege vulnerabilities in Windows Win32 key and Windows graphics component. Successful exploitation of the vulnerability may allow an attacker to gain system privileges. The full vulnerabilities report is available in the blog post. And finally, let's note other important vulnerabilities, which I also wrote about in October in Russian. Authentication bypass privilege escalation Cisco iOS XE CVE 2023-2198 Authentication Bypass in Confluence CV 2023-22-515 VMware Vulnerabilities Remote Code Execution in vCenter Server CV 2023-34048 And Authentication Bypass in Araya Operations for Logs CV 2023-34051 Citrix Bleed Information Disclosure in Netscaler ADC, Citrix ADC, and Netscaler Gateway, CV2023-4866. JetBrains Remote Code Execution in Team City, CV2023-42793. And full disclosure for unfixed quit vulnerability. From VMware News, I would like to highlight the following. Mircom released a report, Vulnerability Management Competitive Assessment. They did the research at the request of Tenable, so there couldn't be much intrigue about who among Tenable, Qualys and Rapid7 would win. Unlike similar marketing comparisons, Mircom decided not to ask customers of the vendors or compare on high-level features. They compared based on basic functionality, namely the completeness of the detection databases. It's nice to know that I myself was involved in comparing CV knowledge bases and identifying blind spots before it became mainstream. The guys from Wulner's team presented a new version of the automatic metric for assessing the criticality of vulnerabilities, AI score version 2. As the name implies, data processing that is carried out using machine learning and specifically using the CatBoost library. Relationships between objects, there are more than 3 million objects in Vulnerabilities, CVSS-based score values of ancestor objects, object type, text description of the object, and so on, are analyzed. Give it a try, this feature is available for free to all Vulnerabilities users. At the end of the month, I gave a lecture on 
Vulnerability Management at the Moscow FISTEC University. This is the second time, the first was five years ago, this time remotely. On occasion, I updated my educational presentation. I separated four approximately equal parts. Security analysis, vulnerabilities and vulnerability detection. Asset management, getting rid of health in infrastructure. Vulnerability management, building a process with a focus on prioritizing vulnerabilities. Patch management, everything related to patching vulnerabilities and relationships with IT. I primarily rework the asset management and vulnerability management parts. It seems that I managed to combine the effective safety approach by positive technologies, the guidelines of regulators and my own considerations quite well. This presentation would be good for guest lectures and it is clear how it could usefully be expanded to four separate lectures or even more, so I'm satisfied. By the way, FISTECH is under sanctions of the European Union, USA, United Kingdom, Japan, Switzerland and New Zealand. So a pretty decent place. And that's it for today. Please subscribe and leave a comment. Bye.